Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. Before Drudes joins me, let me tell you that golf is back, not just at a PGA Tour level, but for you and me on the weekends. And if you're looking for the perfect place to start or even continue your golfing journey, then our friends at Future Golf are the ones for you. And with a special price in June and July for 19th tee listeners, a massive 20% off any Future Golf membership with the promo code, the 19th tee, there's been no better time to join then right now your membership includes free rounds over 100 discounted green fees australia wide a free professional lesson and x golf simulator session and of course the all important golf australia handicap and to their credit over the covid break the future golf team have added some epic new partners and are hosting amazing events right across the country once again so don't forget a brand new discounted price across June and July, 20% off for any new memberships, futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. Use that 19th T promo code for a massive 20% off any new memberships. Future Golf, play your way. This is the 19th T podcast. Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy, back with you for another week. Drudy, have things? Uh, very well over here in, in Perth, mate. Uh, going swimmingly compared to, um, I suppose, well, both our states are compared to that little state down in the south there, mate. Uh, not looking good for our Victorian friends. No, our thoughts are with our Victorian listeners as they go back into, I believe, six weeks worth Jeez. of lockdown, which I would assume includes golf courses. No confirmation of that yet from the Premier's office. Obviously, we've been seeking clarity with phone calls this afternoon, uh, but... Uh, no confirmation I yet. I, I imagine it will be inclusive of golf courses. So our thoughts are with our, our listeners in Victoria. I, myself, Drew's had a fantastic weekend. I had the rare treat of Saturday and Sunday golf. Yes. It hasn't happened for, for K-Marsh for a long time. I know. How was Lynx Hope Island? Yeah, it, it, a lot of fun. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. I was on the I was on the range there at Lynx Hope Island down the Gold Coast on Saturday afternoon, uh, participating in a little exercise that we'll we'll share a bit more information with our yes. listeners in the coming weeks. But very exciting content just around the corner, and then was fortunate to get out onto Royal Pines, also on the Gold Coast, on Sunday for eighteen. Uh, obviously, uh, in recent years, the host of the Australian PGA Championship that's heading up the road to Royal Queensland in Brisbane uh, this year, but. Gee, it's a. I mean, having walked the course a couple of times with the PGA, never having played it, uh, I can understand why the players on the PGA are professionals, and I'm just a humble, you know, high handicapper because it it uh, it was incredibly enjoyable, Drudes, but that's it good. well and truly bent me over. That's okay. Mate. That's okay. As long as you got out there and you enjoyed it, that's the main thing. I did. Now, now let's before we go any further because there's some serious stuff to talk about here right at the very beginning. But before we do so, uh, we do need to. Uh, to crack a beer as we yes. do each and every week. Thanks to our good friends at Gage Roads, the official beer of the 19th T podcast. They are WA's premier independent brewery for more than 15 years, named after the strip of ocean that separates Rottnest Island and Fremantle. What'd you go for this week? Uh, I'm on the side track. I've had a couple of consecutive weeks on the yeah. side track, and that's just because I'm, you know, it's kind of like a kebab, Drudes. You know, when you go and you get one, and it's like, I could have anything in a shop, but I just keep getting the same thing. Yeah, I like it. I'm done so it with a lot. You know. <laughs> HSP, please. Extra sauce on top. 
Jesus, I tell you what, that will mess your guts up the next day. Won't adjust. Uh, tell you what, won't the sidetrack. Good, good, uh, good gear there from the, the crew at Cage Roads. Now, Druids. Yes. I said that we need to talk about some serious stuff at the top. Okay. It's with, I suppose, a great amount of um, regret, really, that I probably have to tender my resignation as a co-host of the 19th Sea podcast. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> the reason being... Where is this um, going? Well, uh, you know, we, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago uh, prior to the resumption of the PGA Tour where we obviously... And have spoken about it a number of times in the weeks since, but we obviously each nominated three players that were either closer to or further away from success. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what the listeners don't know is the unspoken agreement between you and I was whoever was the first to be incorrect would have to resign. Simple yeah. as that. Put a cue in it, move on. And Bryson DeChambeau, um, courtesy of his win and his subsequent, well, I, I don't know that you could describe it any other way other than he's broken golf. Uh, looks like I'm out the door because uh, he has secured his, well, his sixth career victory, uh, a final day seven under to comprehensively beat uh, Matthew Wolf. Yes. And as I said, uh, it may, may well have broken golf, Drew. So there, there is no foreseeable conqueror of Bryson if he continues to play the way that he does. So not only have I... Got a huge amount of egg on my face this evening. Uh, I may be forced uh, to walk away from this role in Shane. Look, mate, um, while I, while I uh, accept your resignation as a, um, a, as a piece of humble pie that you'll be required to eat, uh, it is only one, uh, one, one out of six that we, that we picked. And uh, I don't think that the podcast would, would uh, be much listening uh, if it was just a solo pod with, with me sitting here uh, rabbiting on each week. So while I accept your, your, your humble pie and, and your apology to Bryson, um, I'll require your services still for a little while longer if, if, uh, if you'd be kind enough to stick around and, and talk golf for a little while longer. What I would just like to put on the record is that you were only three strokes away from uh, the same fate because Matthew Wolf is a player that you had nominated uh, as, as being, being matter, miles mate. off. And he Doesn't was matter, the, mate. The 54-hole leader. Yeah. And, uh, and you've not only picked a guy that is closer to success and has won, but your guy who's furthest away from success has actually fallen just short in second. Yeah. So great. you are in the perfect position. That was great. I was a little bit worried at 54 holes. Uh, but, <laughs> well, eight under 64. Yeah. On Saturday for Matthew Wolf. Wowee. I mean, I had him in my fantasy team this week mm. um, purely for the fact that Detroit – you know, was uh, spoken up to be this bomber's paradise. And, uh, of course, Bryson lived up to that hype, really. And, and so did Matthew Wolf. Because, you know, Matthew Wolf's in the top oh, – he's in the top five, I think, for, for driving distance. But it's just been other parts of his game. And, and he started to put it together for three days. I mean, he still shot under par on the final day. But it just um, – I mean, when Bryson was surging like that, I suppose there's not really too much else that you could – you can do to conquer uh, a bloke who's who's smashing the ball and, and making some pretty clutch putts as well. I mean, we, we obviously we will we'll deep dive on Bryson, but while we're on Matthew Wolf, mm. thirty-one birdies or eagles this yes. week at yes. the Rocket Mortgage, and did not go on to win the tournament. The last player to make more birdies or eagles in a seventy-two hole event and not win was Paul Gow at yes. the two thousand and one DC yes. Open. Yes. Go back and listen to Gowie's episode too. Yes. I'm pretty sure he addresses that. <laughs> Definitely listen to Gowie's episode, but what a stat, um, yeah. courtesy of Justin Ray Golf. 31 birdies or eagles from Wolf this weekend. Goes on to lose by three shots. You probably, I mean, 
in all seriousness, you had a feeling. You, you just, I don't know, I wasn't confident waking up on, on Monday morning mm. thinking that Matthew Wolf would go on with that, you know, even with a three-stroke lead. And we were proven right uh, off the bat. The first hole was a disaster and it all kind of fell away from there for poor old Matty yeah. Wolf. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. With, with Bryson looming there, it seemed almost inevitable. Yes, it did almost seem inevitable. And look, Matthew Wolf, I suppose, really shot into contention by playing two good rounds of golf on Friday and Saturday. He was 16 under through those two rounds and finished at 20 under. So didn't do enough in round one and certainly didn't do enough in round four. Whereas Bryson just chipped away over each each day, you know, six, four, four, and and seven under. So he he was very consistent. Is what is the point I'm trying to make? Whereas Matthew Wolf played two really strong rounds on Friday and Saturday, but then kind of slipped away certainly on on Sunday. But uh, I suppose didn't put himself in the best position on Friday either. Uh, Thursday. Well, let's talk about the thick boy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm probably running out of words, to be fair. Some of the stuff that he did this week, I, I want let, to, let's start here. I want to I wanna tell you a, a little stat. He hit two drives this week, Druids, of 344 yards. Mm-hmm. Now, for most people on tour, that's exceptional. Yeah. You put that in the bag, you walk up with your wedge, you're probably walking away with birdies for most weeks. Two drives at 344 yards. He must have got him out of the heel. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because he had 21 drives this week longer than 345 and a max distance of 377 yeah. yards. He yeah. averaged 350.6 yards off the tee yeah. this week. It was, further, it was 10, 10 yards further than Cameron Champ, who was in second. It was it's a phenomenal, phenomenal way that he plays plays golf now. Love it or love it or loathe it. And I know, you know, we're probably the two of us don't don't love watching the bomb and gouge style, but if if like we've said all, all throughout, you know, he's the most talked about golfer in the world at the moment. He's playing exceptional golf and, and you still need to be able to hit the ball straight. And I think that's the part that's really impressed me with Bryson is that he's averaging three hundred and fifty yards per drive. But he's still finding fairways, and he's still managing to then. His I think his shots kind of approach to green was down, but the fact that he's able to then get on the putting surface and lead in shots gained putting, I and mean, he was the first player in Shotlink era, I think I read to to uh, have the most shots gained off the tee and on the putting green, which right. is which is phenomenal in itself that he's able to do both of those. And I mean, look, one point that I did want to make, and I was tweeting about it on on uh, Twitter trying to find out some information and no one helped me out, uh, including Justin Ray. So to go and do my own research was a strength of field. Um, and it, I suppose it's important to note straight up front that the strength of field, I think was like 313 or something. I calculated it at, and it's about as ha- that's about half of what we've seen compared to every other tournament in the return to play. Uh, so it was a relatively weak field. So for me, I kind of feel like there was, once I read that stat, I kind of expected Bryson to to be at the front and I expected Matthew Wolf. And if you look at the, the the leaderboard, the top five, six players, that's sort of where they should have ended up considering the, the quality of the field that was uh, on display there in Detroit. Did you see that he, I mean, I, I jokingly, jokingly said that he's broken golf, mm. but did you see that he actually broke shot link? 
Uh, no. Right. So <laughs> this is quite quirky. There was uh, somewhat of an anomaly in his stats this week. So you spoke about the fact that he was first strokes gained off the tee, mm-hmm. first strokes gained putting. But he was something like 68th of 75 in proximity to the hole of approach shots. Oh, I did see this. Sorry. Yes. And a couple of people, uh, a couple of earnest journalists did some digging as to how this could possibly be the case because it just wasn't bearing out on television. Like he wasn't that far. Like his, his wedge his wedge game wasn't, you know, wasn't exceptional this week, but it wasn't 68 of 75 in the field. Turns out that anything inside 30 yards of the edge of the green from a shot link perspective automatically counts as an approach shot. Mm. So a large number of his drives were going so far that they actually weren't counting his drives at all and registering his approach shots and therefore artificially weighing down his proximity stats. It's insane. He literally, literally broke shot link. Yeah. It's quite nuts, really. I mean, like, yeah, he's he's phenomenal in what he's what he's actually been able to achieve. And the, one of the things I know I spoke about the, the accuracy of the driving that's impressed me, but the fact that he he did this so deliberately and went out to transform his body, transform his golf swing with the goal to win more PGA Tour events, and he's now he can check that box. He's won a PGA tour event. And I, you know, he said he was emotional afterwards. And the, the fact that he's doing things, you know, breaking shot link, driving 350 yards on average, it's quite phenomenal really. And regardless of which side of the ledger that you sit on, you have to take your hat off to him and, and say, shit, that's a pretty, pretty bloody good effort. Really. hundred percent. And I couldn't have said it better myself because irrespective of what you think or feel about the approach, you have to admire it. Yeah. You have to admire the absolute dedication and commitment it required in the first place to put on that mass. I mean, we spoke to Matt Winkley of Winkfit last week. Just the sheer, also, podcast bump for Bryson, you know, big feature on the 19th tee, goes off for Windsor next weekend. Is there a correlation? Is it causation? I don't know. I can't say for certain, Dreads. I can just tell you the facts. Take it. Uh, you know, Winks told us about the amount of effort that's required to put on that amount of weight and then maintain that sort of mass. So, that and that alone is admirable. Yeah. But then all of the things, you know, all of the things that I said in that podcast where we talked about uh, closest to or further away from success, and I said he couldn't he couldn't maintain the weight. If he did maintain the weight, it would lead to injury and that, yes, he might get more distance, but something will suffer. The touch will suffer. The accuracy will suffer. Mm. The putting will suffer. I have been made to look like an absolute fool. So I, I tell you, I don't like it, but yeah. I can't look away. No. You cannot, and this is really, really important, if you're in a similar camp to myself and you don't like it, you absolutely should not direct any of your frustration or anger at the player. Yeah. Because all Bryson has done is exploited the leniency provided by a lack of directional rules from the tour. He's found a niche. He's busted his balls. He's got himself to a position where he can exploit distance and he's transforming the way that we watch the game. I mean, the guy has come into favourite in all three majors this year. Yeah, I think I found this earlier today. Keep in mind that he has never finished higher than T15 in a major. Mm. He is now 
a 10 to 1 favourite for the PGA Championship, a 10 to 1 favourite for the US Open, and a 10 to 1 favourite for the Masters. So, as they say, Vegas has reacted. Yeah. It's quite phenomenal, really, that, that it's, it's got to that point. And I think that's the next challenge for, for Bryson now is to see how he does go in a major. Um, I mean, personally, like, yeah, wing foot and, and all the rest of it and Augusta are going to be fantastic challenges. There's no doubt about it. But the one that I would have loved to see was the Open this year and to see how this gameplay goes in a Lynx environment. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that. But, I mean, he's driving the ball long and straight. Like, tell me a golf course where that doesn't work. Like, it's, it's one thing for him to be... If, if he was driving 350 yards on average but missing fairways left, right and centre, we'd be having a very different conversation. Right, hundred percent, and and this was so this was a thing at the start, right? When we saw when we were getting sneak peek previews of the body transformation during the COVID break, everyone kept falling back to that. Well, he can hit it as long as he likes, but it won't do him any good when he gets to a place like Wingfoot, because yeah. the rough will swallow up his ball, and he'll be no good. Oh, well, yeah. and, <laughs> not only is he belting the piss out of the ball and driving it three hundred and seventy-seven yards, if you don't mind, he's putting it in the middle of the fairway. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal, and. The thing that I suppose kind of annoys me and, and you touched on it before around the criticism of, of Bryce and shouldn't be directed at him. And it's just this, I think in Australia, we have it very bad. It's this tall poppy syndrome that we love tearing people down as soon as they get good at something that any sport, we love doing it. But I think he, you can't look away and you can't knock the bloke for what he's done. He went out and put on 40 pounds of muscle slash fat and transformed the game of golf. Who's going to be the next player now to look at it? I think it's probably not going to be anyone on tour, right? I don't think anyone on tour is going to copy this. Maybe they will. Who knows? But it'll be that sort of, whether it might be someone at a college level or, or whatever that sort of looks at this and goes, well, maybe this is what it, what's required to win on the PGA Tour. Because the question that I think in my head is, if he goes on to win... So this is his fourth consecutive year that he's won on the PGA Tour. If he goes on to win, say, 35 PGA Tour events in his career, where does he rate? And no majors. Where does he rate in, in the scheme of golf? Like, is that, is that a successful transformation for him for winning 35 PGA Tour events and, and no majors? Or would he rather five majors and 10 PGA Tour events. Like, I just don't know what that what the answer is to it because realistically, like you win 35 PGA Tour events, you've made an absolute shit ton of money. Oh, not just that, but you're an you're an all time yeah. you're an all time Hall of Famer. You know, in terms of guys currently on tour who've won more than that, we're talking about Phil and Tiger. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So, really. Like, if he was to, I mean, I know we're talking. That's another twenty-nine victories. I know we're talking. <laughs> but how, like, how can you not say that he's not going to? If he keeps playing the way he's going to play, he could have another five victories before the end of the year. Yeah. So that's the, the scary part. The what? What's interesting is what effect will this have? You know, how long will it be? Will they ever pull the trigger on a rule change? You know, we talk about the great players changing the rules. I'm not saying that. You know, Bryson's not in the category of Tiger who has changed rules, but Bryson's an exceptional player. He was before he went on and 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 made this transformation. We're talking about a guy that joined a group of four, including um, Tiger and 
and Jack to win the, what was it, the NCAA championship in the US amateur in the same year, I think mm. it was, is the stat. Um, you know, this is a guy who came in with prodigious amount of talent, hasn't necessarily delivered to its full, but it's gone away and exploited a real gap, as we said. But how long will it be, Drews? I mean, is it going to take him driving over tree lines at Augusta National? Um, is it going to take him... We know the power know, they have. <laughs> We go to St Andrews in 2022 for the Open Championship. Is it going to take him, uh, you know, with with the bounce and the run at St Andrews, is it going to take him belting drives 400 yards at St Andrews for the RNA to maybe put some pressure on a rule change? That's where I think that that for me, to be honest, there's two. There's only two things. There's only two things that will stop the trajectory of this. I don't even like it's, it's like a asteroid, and that is that is a rule change or it's an injury. At the moment, and that's all I can say. The latter is more uh, is more feasible to me because even if there is a rule change, he's still bigger and he's still swinging the club faster than anyone else. So if everyone's using the same scaled back equipment, he's still going to bomb it further than everyone else is. So I think it's an injury that's going to come first. And to be honest, it'll probably happen. It'll happen, and everyone will. Everyone who's who's thrown shit. At, at Bryson on social media, I was reading some of the stuff today and it was like, it was pretty rough on the poor bloke, what he's gone and done. And, and they were like, you know, can't wait to see this bloke get an injury and break down. I'm like, this is someone's livelihood. You, you're kind of talking about here, but I think, I think you're right. I think the injuries, the, the, the piece that's going to be the, the, that's going to possibly derail his career, stop it, whatever it might be. But I mean, only time will really tell from that. Interesting thing, interesting piece of research I went and did off off my own back today. Got to, yes. <laughs> how much money do you reckon Bryson's earned since the return to golf? Ballpark. What's he played? Five tournaments? Four. Four tournaments. Four top tens, including a win. So he's got a combined score of 69 under since his return. Victor Holland, Which, interestingly, is yeah. his best at 49 under. So I'll get back to you. I'll get back to your question in just a minute, but. I don't want to skip over that. So, Bryson is 69 under par since the restart. Wow. Which is 20 shots better relation to par than the second best, which is Victor Hovland at 49 under. Mm. To put that into context, last week, he was still first. He was only two shots ahead of Abraham Anser. So, that's Mm. the gap he's put on the field Mm. in the space of a tournament. 20 shots better than Victor Hovland. Now, to go back to your question, how much has he earned? In four tournaments, four top tens, including a win, uh, eight mil? Not quite that much. 2.13. <laughs> but it's not a bad, bad payday. 2.13 mil. I meant, to... of, of course, I meant including endorsements. Obviously, that's what I meant. Yeah, obviously, obviously, the Cobra Puma boys getting around him and, and he's, what's his. Coconut water and shit that he keeps drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I lost interest. whatever it as is. As soon as I heard coconut water, I was out. That no. that is honestly. Have you ever had a coconut water? Sorry, just as a side note here. I don't mind it actually. Oh, I don't mind rust. Jesus, it Karen. helps me hit the ball three hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> Get me a case. <laughs> um, sorry. I just I just want to go back to. We digress. We do digress. We're not a food food podcast. I. There was the stuff on social, uh, and I don't want to keep banging on about this, but there were people saying, when when do we now test him for performance-enhancing drugs? I'm like, mm. 
I just, I just, it's this tall poppy syndrome that really drives me nuts about this because if I kind of feel like he's, he, he's the most polarizing character in golf at the moment. I think he's taken that over from Patrick Reed because Patrick Reed has fallen into the category of just complete dickhead. And there's very, very few people who, who actually like the guy. Whereas Bryson has kind of divided golf fans into two, two camps. Mm. Uh, and I think like, had it have been another golfer that came out and did what he did, I think it would be, I don't think it would be as divisive and, and such a talking point. It was only because, you know, we've been talking about Bryson for the last couple of years for the wrong reasons, you know, his, his slow play and, and all the rest of it. But he's come out, he's genuinely found a loophole. He's worked his ass off and now he's reaping the rewards. I, so I, I, I disagree only to a very small extent. I actually think he's been the most polarizing figure in golf for a long time. Um, I mean, I, I probably don't give Patrick Reed his dues in that category purely because I don't think he's polarizing. I think people would just hate him. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. There's too many people who sit on the other side of the tracks for Patrick Reed. But Bryson, from the moment he entered our golf conscience, um, sorry, that should be consciousness, not conscience. I'm not, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have a conscience of Bryson. From the moment he entered our golf consciousness, he has just been different gravy. Yeah. He's different. Um, you know, Winks mentioned it last week on the podcast, the amount of tools and, and things that he brings onto the practice putting green at tournaments. He's entourage. He talks about the science, particularly the physics. He has been just, a, just an oddball and mm. people either love it or, or they don't. But by the same token, I think it's for that very reason. I mean, you mentioned that if there had been another golfer who'd taken on this transformation, maybe the reaction wouldn't be so fierce. I actually don't know that there could have been another. Like, honestly, no one, no one else on tour naturally jumps to mind. No, I'm not saying that anyone would have done it. I'm just saying mm. if it had happened, if, say... Say Jordan Spieth, right, came out and went, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I've identified or, or I don't know. Tease me. Someone, right? Say someone had come out and, and said, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. I think people kind of would have been like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, maybe Spieth, maybe a little bit different. But if it had been just some random player, Wyndham Clark, if he came out and said, oh, this is what I'm going to do, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like, best of luck with it. It's just because he's kind of been a talking point for a little while, so... But it is interesting. And, you know, people like criticizing his swing and stuff. And it's like, who who cares? It's not about like the look of your swing. Look at the bloke. So he won this week. He, Bryson's got this weird swing that he's developed in the last three months. The bloke who came second's got the most fucked up swing that I've ever seen in my life. And they finished one and two at a, at a golf tournament. Like who cares about what your golf swing looks like? You're getting results. Does it, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. It, 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 to be honest, I think that Bryson has, has proven across the space of four tournaments and 69 shots under par that it couldn't matter less. It's like Josh Kennedy. You remember those few years back where Josh Kennedy was kicking bucket loads of goals for the Eagles and he had that real stutter step and everyone was criticising him about it? He was kicking like 80 goals a season. So. Wouldn't give a shit what yeah. I look like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kicking bags. I'm doing what I'm, I'm, doing what I'm meant to be meant to be doing but are we finished praising bryson yeah well i mean because i'd like to whack him now yeah i think 
and it's funny we talk about him being polarizing and it's funny we talk about people having it in for him there's a very good reason because put everything we just said to one side take nothing away from what he's done and what he's achieved across four tournaments what happened across this weekend goes to the heart of why he is polarizing and goes to the heart of why people a great number of them, given the choice, would put one on his nose. Yeah. So for the people who may have missed it, Drudes, would you like to explain on what we're talking about? Well, I mean, really, the one that, that's got people, <clears throat> got people talking. So he didn't have a great time in the bunker. Uh, I think it was on the Saturday. Uh, on seven. Yeah. On, it was our Saturday over here. So Friday. Anyway, so he butchered it in the bunker. And then the cameraman kind of just lingered on him for a little while. Um, and then that was enough to, to fire the big man up. Became one of those goons out the front of a nightclub and spat the dummy and, and basically um, said to the cameraman, I mean, we don't know what he said, but, you know, said, look, just get out of my face, basically. It was an extended and heated conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be a fly on the, uh, fly on the lens. But... Um, Anyway, he addressed it afterwards and he spoke about the fact that it was, oh, I don't know, what was the I've exact got the quote. quote about? You've got, got the, the quote. quote? There you go. I do. Right. I, I wanted to go verbatim. Yes. So we go couldn't be accused of paraphrasing so that people could make their own judgments on what he said. Excellent. Hit so this is Bryson DeChambeau um, speaking to Will Gray of Golf Channel after mm-hmm. the round. He was literally watching me the whole entire way up getting out of the bunker, walking up next to the green. And I was just like, sir. What is the need to watch me that long? I mean, I understand it's his job to video me, but at the same point, I think we need to start protecting our players out here compared to showing a potential vulnerability and hurting someone's image. I just don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. He went on to say, as much as we're out here performing, I think it's necessary that we have our times of privacy as well when things aren't going our way. I mean, we're in the spotlight, but if somebody else is in the spotlight, they wouldn't want that either. I feel like when we're videoing someone and you catch Tiger at a bad time, you show him accidentally doing something or someone else, they're just frustrated because they really care about the game. It could really hurt them if they catch you at a potentially vulnerable time. We don't mean anything by it. We just care a lot about the game. For that to damage our brand like that, that's not cool in the way we act. Because if you actually meet me in person, I'm not too bad of a dude, I don't think. A lot to unpack. (laughs) There's a bit going on there. Let, let, let's walk through it. I think um, as first and foremost, uh, Eamon Lynch is one of the very, very best golf riders on the planet. And as he so aptly pointed out, if you have to tell people you're not a bad dude, more often than not you are. So there's that. The, the, the end line, I'm not too bad of a dude, I don't think. That's, that's raising red flags already. You yeah. shouldn't have to point that out. Mm-hmm. People should just think that of you or not. To talk about damaging the brand, I mean, respectfully, I think you've done an awful lot of your own damage in recent years, uh, save for a cameraman doing his job, simply filming you, making a twat of yourself by smacking your clubs around in a bunker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Furthermore, I don't think you can take home your two and a bit million dollars across four tournaments and have your cake and eat it too. Mm. can't do that because the broadcast and people paying for the subscriptions to watch the golf is what pays 
your winnings. Yeah, yeah what pays your wages. Yeah. You don't get you don't get both things, Bryson. You don't get the money and the privacy. Yeah. And this is a guy who's asking for privacy in his vulnerable moments. Is the same guy who put out a 15-minute monologue video was just of what he's this. been getting up to across the COVID break. Yeah, it was. I don't. It was. It was. I think it was really. It was weird the way he came out and kind of defended it a little bit. I would have just loved to see him. Like this is the guy that right now is the best golfer in the world. Like 100. We can't. We can. We can debate whether it's. JT or on their day or whoever it is. But right now it's Bryson. And well, he, to, if anyone argues that, they're mad, to be honest. Yeah. I haven't been watching the golf in the last four weeks. Correct. So I would have loved for him to just come out and and be and just go, yeah, look, probably should have just got a bit heated and, and you know, I've apologized and, and whatever. But for him to come out and kind of defend it a little bit annoyed me. Um, and then for all those reasons that you just raised there, it was a little bit hypocritical and, and you're exactly right. You can't have your cake and eat it, Bryson, because I know you want to eat a piece of cake. But it, know, we know you have been, but you can't keep doing it. You can't keep doing it, Bryson. Put the cake down. Who 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 ate all the donuts? It was you, Bryson. I, it just to talk about the brand, I mean, you you literally, you literally don't have a brand without the platform that golf provides you. Yeah. So if you can't control yourself in a bunker and you have a moment as you call it of vulnerability then we deserve to see that yep yep like i agree it just it beggared belief as a quote and then he doubled down on it the next day like he firmly believes in what he's saying and i think to be honest Drew, what's really important to point out here and what probably gets brushed over a little bit in, in this whole conversation is this story was written by will gray of the golf channel who was out following Bryson. Mm. He took a photo of the initial conversation between the cameraman and approached Bryson post round and asked him about it at a time in which uh, independent media coverage of the tour outside of the official broadcast partner and PGA tour comms workers is limited because of the, 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 the COVID restrictions around the attendees at a tournament. This goes to show the importance of having people there like a Will Gray from the Golf Channel mm-hmm. because the PJ Tour is a member organization. Yeah. Without people like Will Gray, this doesn't get reported because mm-hmm. you can bet your bottom dollar. No one from the PJ Tour comm staff is writing this story. No, nah, of course No not. one from the broadcaster, apart from what they showed of the footage, is following up and talking to him about it because the PJ Tour is an echo chamber. Players get what they want because it's a member tour. So full credit to Will Gray for following up, getting the story out there because he has been rightfully admonished Bryson in yeah. the last couple of days for carrying on like an absolute prat and talking like one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Completely agree. He should have, um, he needed to handle it better. He should have handled it in the moment better, I think. Um, yeah, that's probably all there is to it really, to draw a line under Bryson. Can I just add two more things before we you can draw a line under Bryson? So. Uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned social media mm-hmm. and the people who've been giving it to him on social media. Completely agree. Uh, I, I think it's been over the top in many respects. However, some really, really good gear from Eddie Pepperell this weekend. <laughs> yes, actually. Resident funny man in golf. Uh, has also been a vocal critic of Bryson's pace of play, including yes. uh, tweeting the night before playing with him. 
uh, at a tournament. I believe that was over in Dubai, actually, yes. uh, earlier on this year. He had two outstanding tweets this weekend. And I just want to bring our listeners up to speed. If they're not following Eddie Pepper on Twitter, you absolutely should be if you're not, because you're missing out on stuff like this. With every drive Bryson hits, I see my impending barista career come closer. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I actually hadn't even included this, but I just scrolled past it trying to get to the next tweet. And this is good too. Bryson's mid and long irons have reportedly showed up on today's ADP unemployment report. Brilliant. (laughs) The best one though came earlier today. There's simply a photo of a protein bag, serious mass bag of protein powder. And the caption said, shit just got real at B underscore DeChambeau. You better watch out because this little whippersnapper will be within 75 of you in no time. <laughs> good gear, Eddie. Really, uh, funny really man. good gear from Eddie Pepperell. Last bit on Bryson before we move on. Can I talk one on Twitter? Under- of course. Underrated bloke, Ben Arn. Yeah, ben, Benny Arn's a funny guy. Yeah. Did he comment on our... Instagram. Yeah, he did. It's when we tagged him in the... It was his President's Cup yeah. picks and we both tagged him and yeah, he, he got, got around us on the... Yeah, a little bit. We, he thought we were bagging him. We were actually both picking him as a captain's pick and we yeah. got it right. So, you know, welcome on the on the show anytime, Benny. Anyway, he tweeted, uh, Dear at PGA Tour, at Bryson DeChambeau's distance has nothing to do with other fellow... Pro, uh, oh, Jesus. Other fellow pros, please do not set the course longer. Sincerely, Ben. <laughs> Good from you, Ben. Very good from you, Ben. Now, the only the only other one I wanted to point out, um, because I think I always like this, because he does it every week, and it just provides a little bit of context. For as, as hyped as we all are about Bryson's progress and what he's done to the game of golf, let's compare him to Tiger Woods. It's always a useful bit of perspective, Drudes, I think. Uh, and Justin Ray does this incredibly well. Always puts out a Tiger start of the week. So his Tiger State of the Week today, Bryson won his sixth PGA Tour event in his 99th start as a pro. Very impressive clip to begin his career. Tiger won 27 of his first 99 PGA Tour starts after turning pro. Funnily enough, in another twist of fate, his 100th PGA Tour start as a pro was the 2001 Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village. Uh, of course, the memorial comes uh, not this weekend, the weekend after. Yeah. Uh, Tiger also won that. So he had 28 in his first 100 starts. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Literally more than four times what Bryson has done. He's absolutely phenomenal. And anyone who's comparing Bryson to Tiger should probably have a good look at themselves <laughs> as well. Have a very hard look at themselves. Right. We spent probably a sufficient amount of time on the winner. And, yeah. I've uh, actually and got a stop clock going on now this, this episode. There's only about the third one that I've actually ever done it for. 37 minutes on Bryson. Good effort. I mean, in fairness, prob- probably about 34. Spent a bit of time on Matty Wolf there and my resignation. So <laughs> this is true. This roughly 34 true. minutes on Bryson, but still, I think warranted. So a couple other things to pick off. Yep. Um, wasn't, an overly, wasn't an overly exciting leaderboard. Otherwise, um, nah. Ryan, Ryan Armour doesn't inspire me. Ryan Armour, the juxtaposition of Ryan Armour's golf and Bryson DeChambeau's golf is a, is a fantastic illustration of the gap between Bryson and the remainder of the field at the moment. This is true. Ryan Armour, did you see this one as well? Ryan Armour turned pro in 99, 
Matthew Wolf was born in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> and they played together yesterday. If there's ever a way to make someone feel old, it's that. Yeah, that's really good. He that's didn't have really a great good. day yesterday, Ryan Armour. I mean, no. just a shitty shot, even par. No. We're harsh. Uh, another quirky piece from the weekend. Did you see, um, and we're going to mention his name again, but did you see Bryson playing with Troy Merritt uh, across the weekend and they were waiting on the tee? It's a par four, a bit over 400 yards, so relatively short in Bryson's mind. Um, and they were waiting on the tee and Bryson, it was, he had right away. And <laughs> I think... Troy Merritt didn't really understand what was going on because the players were on the green, putting mm. in the group mm. ahead and just no movement. And he, he kind of, I suppose, motioned to Bryson to see if he was going to hit. And Bryson looked at him and he said, no, no, I'm, I'll probably wait. But actually, I mean, you're not going to reach the green, so you can probably hit. And Troy <laughs> <laughs> Merritt was just absolutely nuked. Tail between the legs and nuked Troy Merritt. Teed up and sure enough, yep, nowhere near the green. I mean, now in fairness, Bryson missed the green by a mile, but just the confidence to I to, love it. to flex the pecs and say, no, no, I'm I'm not entirely confident. I won't smack those guys in the back. So and you're Troy welcome Merit. to go because you're going to go nowhere near it. But I'm going to wait. Troy Merritt just absolutely <laughs> nuked after that. Uh, Ricky Fowler made the cut. Good on you, Ricky. Yeah, and a change. Great friend of the program. We love we love tricky Ricky. Uh, I do like Ricky Fowler. He has been on a bit of a lean trot. Um, uh, I I did stumble across a pretty remarkable stat for him today. So I was doing our research. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always, I mean, he's in, he's in my, he's in my black book. You know, he's, I want to be very clear. Doesn't do Jordan space shoelaces up in my opinion, but he's one of my favorites. So I always like to just do a little bit of a, a deep dive on a couple of, players irrespective of how they've gone and i stumbled across this from rick gaiman who he is with nbc i believe nbc he does oh sorry cbs he is a golf host at cbs so i knew it was one of the the two broadcasters who don't know how to cover golf um due respect but rick had a great study so uh, ricky has finished either inside the top 20 or missed the cut in 14 of his last 15 starts. There's no middle ground. So turns up or doesn't t- or turns up or doesn't turn up at all. And the only the only the outliers, I said 14 of the 15 starts. The 15th start was the uh, waste management earlier in the year where he finished T37. So outside of that, in the other 14 of his last 15 starts, either top 20 or miss cut. There you go. Quite a start. That is quite the start. I still, oh, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't think that there are courses that will set up and they're probably becoming fewer and fewer for Ricky really well um, on a PGA Tour perspective. But uh, he's still a guy that I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, we're talking about him in the top five at the PGA or the US Open or particularly the Masters later this year. Yeah. I still think he has the, the game to turn it on in, in the big tournaments, particularly the majors. You know, he's obviously chasing one. Five career victories. Um, hell of a career, really. And one of one of the most, undeniably the most popular players, both from a fan's perspective, but also his fellow um, fellow golfers on tour. 
Mm. But I don't know. He's, he's he's kind of in a bit of no man's land at the moment. Is Rick? Um, Absolutely, he is. Mm, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. Oh, I think he's a very interesting story to follow. Uh, and perhaps you know, obviously, we've been on the Bryson train very heavily in in the last month. But for I think Ricky's another very interesting story to to be able to follow. And and you know, look, could well have made a case in our further to or closer, uh, sorry, further away, closer to. Uh, podcast on mm. potentially on both sides of the argument, uh, which is which sounds stupid, but um, you could you could really make a case for, for for both, I suppose. So, to be honest, I I I had him in pencil for further away. And yeah, I, I, oh, I, I think that's where I would out. end. I would end up there too. I think, but um, you and could, as I said on record, I love him. He's he's genuinely one of my favourite players. Yeah, um, he just I don't know, like father time seems to be catching up on him. Uh, and I kind of feel like that, that comes real quick in golf. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's still got the game to contend, but there's just so many young guys coming through that, you know, that drive the ball 20, 25 yards further than him. So yeah. he, he's increasingly he's relying on his putter and that is what keeps him in tournaments. But if he doesn't have that, then there are deficiencies in other parts of his game that put a gap between him and the field. Absolutely correct. Uh, there was a really interesting, sorry, just digressing for a moment, obviously, Ricky Fowler, probably one of Oklahoma State's uh, great golf uh, golf graduates. There's an excellent story I messaged you about earlier in the week mm. uh, in the Golfers Journal talking about how Oklahoma State built, um, I suppose, a dynasty of, of golf. Obviously, Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland came out of the class last year. But Ricky kind of, I suppose, put Oklahoma State front and center about 10 years, 10 or 12 years ago. And um, yeah, it's, it's a ripping, ripping article. I don't know if it's online anywhere, but um, if you can, if you can access the, the Oklahoma state article from the golfers journal, it's a, it's a really, really good read just as a side note on uh, Ricky. And the point of the story is he, he's often back at um, in Oklahoma there, uh, I suppose, supporting, uh, his alma mater and uh, playing their course and playing in their tournaments down there, which is which is great to see as well. So they are the Sooners, aren't they? Uh, Cowboys. Sooners Cowboys. is Oklahoma. Oh, Don't get that mixed up. Jesus yeah, but you should know who the Sooners are, mate. They are Texas Texas's bloody greatest rival. Yeah, one well, knew it was one of the ones in rival. Oklahoma. We don't like we don't like the Sooners. I knew it was one of the ones in Oklahoma. Glad I didn't uh, glad I didn't say who else was um, an Oklahoma State Sooner. I made a fool of myself. I don't, I'd even googled it just before I almost blurted it out. And I'm glad that I asked that question first. Right. Notable. Yeah, notables to miss the cut. Oof, Bubba. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of tuning in more for his comedy now than his golf. To be brutally honest, he's doing yeah. some great work on on the on the marks. We, didn't really, we haven't really touched on the, this little like charity thing that they they played pre-event. I mean, it was a bit yeah. random. Like it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really know about it to be honest. I mean, there was some good stuff, good comedy to come out of it, like you mentioned with with Bubba and J Day, and but it, it was Harold yeah. Varner and who was the fourth? Like, that's how good it was. I couldn't even tell you. It was the it was the player he was paired with last week and they mic'd them up together in the final round because they're both well and truly out of contention. Oh, that's going to annoy me because it was Bubba, Harold Varner, J-Day and 
wildly boring. Oh, we should probably good. do the research before we jump on and do the podcast. Well, can you just fill some time while I Google place? Yeah, look, I can fill time. I'll tell you about the, uh, the those who missed the uh, cut, the notables. Bubba Watson, obviously. Patrick Reed, who cares? CT Pan. Um, I mean, he was one that I included in my further away, and I think he's missed every cut now. Scotty Scheffler. He's a mile off. He's a mile off. Scotty Scheffler uh, and Alex Noren. Uh, they're probably the real ones to, to miss the cut. Find it. Where's Brian? Oh, there you go. Was the fourth one. Uh, to to yeah. be fair, he, uh, Bubba and, and Wes Brian, um, the week previous in the final round, mocked up was superb content. Yes, it was. Superb content. He's a funny cat, Wes Brian. I, I don't really know him, so he's not that good at golf, obviously. But when that finishes up, I'm sure he'd get a gig on the circuit of stand-up. He's a, he's a funny guy. Really funny he guy. He is, a, he is an interesting fella. Um, the, the Aussies. Jeez. Oh, Another another tough week over there for the Aussies. Rain Gibson was the only one to make the cut. He finished 10 under. Jason Day, Greg Charms, Cam Davis all finished 4 under, and that, that was enough to miss the cut. Matt Jones, 3 under. Cam Percy, 2 under. Bads was 1 under, and John Sendon was 1 over. So, yeah, it's not not been a great return to golf for the uh, the Aussie contingent on the PGA Tour. So, Terrible. Um, we we can't get Adam Scott over there soon enough. Scotty, come back. Something. Yeah. Something. We might need some help. Are we ready to draw a line under the PGA Tour? Because the only thing that I have left is just to say, I thought the trophy was very funky for the Rocket Mortgage it. Classic. Yeah, it was really cool. When, was when, it supposed to be like a key, like a mortgage? I don't know. I don't know. Was it meant to come apart when Bryson took it out? I think it was because he had... Um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it wasn't like some Hulk super strength moment where yeah, he, that's he, what I thought he it was. also broke the trophy. That's, that's what, what I thought breaking it was. Golf. No, because he had... I don't know if it was a rep from Rocket Mortgage who was part of the presentation or one of the photographers, but he, he had someone prompting him to take right. out the top. Like he's like, no, like, take it out, you know, just lift it up. And he, he was kind of looking at them weird. He's like, I don't know. Like, he must have thought, I don't want to break it. I'm obviously superhuman strength-wise now. So. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was cool. I liked it. Mm. Different. I mean, shit, there's some weird trophies. Let's be like, honest, in the grand scheme of things across the like tour. A there's a conch some... shell one at some yeah. point. I yeah. Know. I'm weird. a big fan of the jackets. I mean, take, yeah. take, take me back to the, the, the plaid, um, you know, the plaid checker jacket. I we, had a, we had a few of those, didn't we? So, yeah. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour, or shall we touch on that very quickly? Yeah, quick one. Brett Coletta, the Aussie, again, uh, in the top 20, uh, two weeks in a row. Now he finished T17, seven shots off the pace. So he's in a good bit of form, is uh, is Brett Coletta, getting close to a win. Uh, Daniel Summerhays, Drews. I'm off this bloke, eh? Oh, this is... This is... Um, I think this will get, this will, will get washed over, but... Could be the worst story in golf this week. And this is a guy we absolutely wrapped last week. Tell us what we're talking about. I literally could not be more off this guy. Last week, I was I was fully in. I, I wanted him to win. Now, I wish that he didn't even make that playoff. Can we so, – let's let's give the context last oh, week. Back in Utah, yep, it was a Utah, Utah championship, championship on yep. the Corn Ferry Tour. Daniel Summerhays had announced on the Monday or Tuesday that this was it. Um, he was retiring from professional golf. He was taking up a job as a high school teacher. Uh, the the uh, tournament was being played at his home course. So, like, literally, literally the perfect ending to his career. He went and out he's and flown home in the, in, the, in the final round to make a playoff. 62 in the yeah. final round yeah. to put himself at 21 under, a 20 under, clubhouse lead, three-way playoff, ended up getting knocked out in the first playoff hole. Um, it was one after two. 
But like, in terms of walk-offs, short of winning the playoff, it doesn't get much better in front of your home crowd. Like, yeah. that, that is such a fantastic underscore to, you, to your career. And what a way in years to come to tell your kids about how you went out. Yeah. The then what happened? Story. And then he's gone and given it a bit of John Farnham and he's actually gone, no, I'll, have, I'll go around again. <laughs> I'll go around one more time. He's the old daft punk. Well, one more time, we'll have one more crack. And he missed the cut. And you know what? He deserved it. Did Daniel? He ruined a fairy tale. I, I can't. I'm glad he missed the cut, Marshy. I don't understand it. I, like, I genuinely... Well, he's just obviously he's clearly gone. Oh, I've got a bit of gas left in the tank. He was I running think he's got petrol. out over his skis. Like, yeah. I don't think he. I think he hit sixty-two last week and thought, "Shit, what what have I done?" And not <laughs> not realised that maybe, just maybe, the golf gods and the stars aligned for him last week, and that's what produced the sixty-two. Not this, as you say, bit of gas that was left. Maybe it was just the moment and the stage and the platform that produced that round. He's a dill. I don't, I just, oh, it's such a, I don't know, m- m- sportsmen generally, and I, want, I don't, I don't want to um, exclude sportswomen from this conversation, but geez, they can't get out of their own way and spoiling a good story. That was such a good story. And he jumps on a plane to go to the arsehole of nowhere and play another tournament to miss the cut. And that's it. Oh, good. oh my God. Deserved it. Deserved it. Uh, uh, just a quick mention of the winner uh, on this week, Will Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. He, um, he well, in terms of spotlight, this is a young man who's had an awful lot of it throughout his early golf career. So first qualified for the US Junior Amateur at age 12. Mm-hmm. Won that tournament four years later at 16. Uh, had the Arnold Palmer Scholarship as a freshman at Wake Forest. Uh, four wins in his college career. Uh, and the Demon Deacons, as they're known in the Wake Forest, he has the season scoring record there. So he's, he's got a lot of tickets on him. He's won his first tournament on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's a player, Will Zalataros, that we'll see an awful lot more of in years to come on the PGA Tour. Great name too. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Got a bit uh, of a where European inflection, I think, there. Off to Muirfield Village, Dublin, Ohio. Jack's home. Yes. Two two weeks in a row. Um, yes, back to back. And from all reports, there are two tournaments. So the first is a workday charity open. This is a replacement for John Deere, I believe. Mm. Um, the two, and then obviously the memorial next week announced uh, today that there will be no crowds uh, at that. They were, yeah, that's right. They were supposed to be the first one that allowed crowds yep. back. Yeah, but when you're having fifty three thousand new cases of COVID nineteen per day, America, you won't be having crowds for a long time. Um, yeah, so the two tournaments are going to play very, very differently from, from all reports. Uh, pin positions will be different. Green speeds will normally uh, run at 13 on the stim. Uh, that'll be dialed back this week, so it'll be a little bit slower, and the rough length will be a bit different as well for the Workday Charity Open, 6.2 million up for grabs. The field is relatively interesting. There's some, some good names in there. There's some decent feature groups, but uh, I think everyone's gearing up for the Memorial next week. Yeah, you mentioned feature groups. I had them here in front of me a moment ago. I'll fill time again. The European Tour also returns this week with the Austrian Open. Yeah, uh, the Euro the, Tour. The so field, glad that's back. Yeah, the field's yet to be confirmed for that one, uh, but I assume that that will be probably a dialed back 
uh, field as well. Be very interesting to see. Yeah, be very interesting to see how many of the Australians with the European Tour cards uh, head off to Austria. I can't imagine there'll be too many, to be honest. No, uh, this week's featured groups, Workday Charity Open, uh, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Jason Day. That's a good little group. Don't mind that. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Phil Mickerson, Jordan Spieth. He'll get into my veins. Uh, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reid, Matthew Wolf. Take it or leave it, except for Rick. Jesus. I mean, PGA Tour has done those two dirty by putting Patrick in there. Yeah. Oh, haven't they? That's, I mean, that's a relatively entertaining group if we didn't have Patrick Reid in it. Uh, John Rahm, Gary Woodland, Victor Hovland. Interestingly enough, Victor Hovland is the only one of those players who doesn't have Twitter. Is that right? Because that's where I'm reading it, and they're all tagged except for Victor. So clearly, he's Instagram generation. I mean, let's not rule out another, you know, stuff up from the PGA Tour media office. Very fair point. Got form. Very fair point. That'll probably do us, mate. I think it will for the week. We've got very, very exciting guests coming up later this week. We have one of, if not the most popular figures in terms of current Australian players uh, plying their trade across the world. Dimitrios Papadados, also yes. probably the best name. Isn't it? Uh, in, in Australian golf. Looking forward to having Dimmy on the 19th tee. And do yourselves a favour, stay till the end. I think it's only a touch over an hour. Uh, oh. But the last six minutes may be the best six minutes of podcasting that we've seen on the 19th tee since it's launched in September of last year. Completely agree. And then next week, uh, the preeminent mind of mental performance coaching in golf in Australia, Jamie Glazier. Really excited to have Jamie on. He, of yes. course, has the Mental Mastery of Golf podcast that he hosts. Yep. Um, and he, he has got some outstanding tips, um, particularly for golfers of handicaps like yours and mine. Yes. So really, very, very interesting. Absolutely. Looking forward to having Jamie on and sharing those with our listeners. So some big names coming in the next few weeks. Obviously, as we said, off to um, Jack's place, Millfield Village, this week. And we'll wrap that all up next Monday. But, Trudes, that'll probably do us, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for um, respectfully declining my resignation. beginning and uh thanks again to our friends at gauge roads another another good drop there the sidetrack tonight we'll catch you next week Drews.